Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. And gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports, brought to you by the WBO, the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me let me tell you, congratulations on your long time in radio. You are your team, and for your ratings, man, I was reading about that. I'm very impressed with you, Pedro. And now, the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. I don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, to, to make people happy, and uh, I, I just do my best. Pedro Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job done. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the multi-million dollar Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California. Check it. The man was correct. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated but never duplicated. 35, make that 36 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Welcome to Ring Talk. My name is Pedro Fernandez. For the next two hours, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and a plethora of other internet platforms, we're going to get down and talk combat sports, both boxing and MMA. Larry Merchant will be here in hour number one. We'll focus a bit in this two-hour show on the greatest of all time. I'm talking about Muhammad Ali. I'll take you back in time to when Ali wasn't boxing, when he was boxing. Ali, this Ali being Ali, we'll have some fun with Muhammad Ali, of course. The reason why I bring him up today is that I think we need a leader. I mean, somebody to step out as far as an athlete's concerned. I'm just not seeing it. I mean, LeBron James is not Muhammad Ali. Anyway, bottom line is we'll spend some time with the greatest today. No doubt about that. Open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. We are live on Twitch.tv. The Sports Byline USA channel at Sports Byline USA at Twitch.tv, of course. And I will be giving away to my Twitch viewers um, an autograph. Where is it? It's an autographed picture of Muhammad Ali and myself and and a picture of my boxing picture. I'll show you it to you in a little bit. But the bottom line is watch us on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. Of course, you can also listen to us always at SportsByline.com and iHeartRadio.com. And, of course, you people in the car, Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 211. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, baby. Two hours. We're kicking it. Here comes the decision now. Let's listen. 
clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 iHeartRadio loves music, so let's count the ways. Over 20 million songs from 800,000 artists, all free. And like Pandora, you can create your own custom station from any of those 800,000 artists. Just tell us an artist or even a song that you like, and we'll build a custom playlist for you. Add to that thousands of the best live radio stations, and you'll never have to worry about finding the perfect song for your commute, mood, or party. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download our iHeartRadio app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. He's recovering from an accident. That is true. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA, of course, coming to you live from the Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California. A Cuban young man. Guy's name is Morel. I kid you. I, I was, like, blown away by it. And I heard about it as, as an amateur, but I'd never seen him as a pro anyway. He wins the WBA title last night in his third fight. I'm not trying to say it's really, really a big thing, but it is really, really a big thing because in his third fight, but these Cubans can go. There's no doubt about it. I mean, pound for pound, they were the best amateur teams for, for decades. I mean, they were. I mean, when, when the United States was on top, Cuba was second. And when Cuba was on top, the United States was second. And now, well, Cuba sort of runs the, uh, take that back. The Russians are sort of taking over the amateur boxing game. They're hungry. It boils down to hunger now. I mean, the Cubans used to be hungry. It used to be a hungry, 
hungry group. I mean, I went to the island. They didn't look too hungry to me. They look all pretty kicked back and enjoying the Internet and stuff, kind of stuff like that. So life is good in Havana, at least it was from my, from my perspective. But, you know, the bottom line is three fights, and he wins a world title. Three fights or a WBA title. Three no, two KOs. Hammered out a 12-round decision over previous undefeated Lennox Allen. And Lennox came in at 22 and zip with a draw on 14 KOs to win the WBA 168-pound title. Now, the guy at 168, I think that, that really had a lot of talent and potential before he started sniffing cocaine was David Benavides. Of course, the unbeaten WBC champion. He'll be coming on. Uh, he'll be fighting in a few weeks. But, you know, the Coke thing, I, I just don't, some guys just never recover from Coke. Let me tell you the story of Hector Camacho. Camacho loved that cocaine. That was his thing. Colombian dust was his drug of choice. I mean, every time you would see Camacho, probably after 1985, he was on blow when he wasn't fighting. And sometimes he was on blow when he was fighting. I told you about that time I had to pull him out of that hotel room in San Juan, Puerto Rico, circa 2000, 2001, when we had the main event going on in an arena at about 15 miles away from the hotel, and he wasn't coming. So if he wasn't coming, I wasn't getting paid. So I went back, and I dragged his ass basically out of bed and off the table. He was snorting cocaine. I you. And before we left, Hector Camacho did this big line of cocaine. He goes, okay, I'm ready. And he went out, and he fought WBC, former WBC champion Jorge Vaca, and it ended in a first-round disqualification. Uh, Camacho butted him. The bottom line was he showed up. I got my money. I don't know how I led into that story. But on the line from Southern California is the retired HBO godfather himself. That's right. You hear his anthem music. That's right. James Brown brings us. The godfather of soul brings us the retired HBO godfather. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Pedro. How goes the battle? It goes good. How was that dinner yesterday in the backyard? How'd that work out? It worked out really nice. And... Uh, my friend brought me something he had found somewhere uh, before the pandemic, which is a collection of New York Times articles from way in the past to the recent past uh, on big boxing uh, events and how they covered it. So um, that all... All's well that ends well. I still have that to read. You know, um, as as esteemed as the New York Times is, and 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 I, I, Phil Berger was their boxing writer, but he's the only one I can remember of note that wrote for the Times. The Times just sort of assigned anybody to boxing. Was that the way it was? No, I back in the day they did have uh, boxing writers, mm. of course, and their columnists covered the big fight, of course. Uh, so no, when, when boxing was a, a mainstream event, they, they covered it because New York was uh, the center of the universe in boxing. Speaking of the center of the universe, when, when Ed Sullivan was on television, the Ed Sullivan show Sunday nights was the center of the American universe, no doubt about the Beatles and things like that. Um, did you ever read his column when he was a boxing writer? Do you remember those columns? Were you, were you? No, I don't. That's really before my time. Oh, I, oh! I apologize, Godfather. Not too, not too much has happened before my time. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, no, Ed Sullivan was a guy that sort of, sort of, well. 
he had a, a few a, he had a few drinks now and then when he went on television. But he had the Sunday night show and it featured people like the Beatles was the number one show. But before he was a big time TV uh, celebrity, he was a boxing writer and then a gossip columnist, I think, for a couple of the New York uh, newspapers. So is it a big thing that a guy named Dave, like David Morrell could win a WBA title in his third fight because he's a Cuban? We talked about that before, that some of the best Cuban fighters, some of the best amateur fighters can beat some of the best pro fighters over the first three rounds, but not over 12 rounds. This guy did it over 12, so he might be the exception to the rule. Yeah, a lot of those um, great Cuban amateur fighters uh, didn't uh, make the transformation into the professional ranks uh, very well. Uh, they were Olympic champions and and so on, but um, whether it was some other factors uh, or not, because they were supposed to be boxing for the uh, homeland, mm-hmm. um, when they moved, some of them moved to Miami and other places, and uh, the freedom they had there uh, did not necessarily benefit them as um, <clears throat> prize fighters. I can't remember who it is now, but there was one Cuban fighter, I want to say it was Joel Casamayor, but he defected, he was in Brazil at a boxing tournament, and he defected, and he ran up a like a, I don't know, a fifteen thousand dollar hotel bill in a month and a half as he was waiting for these Americans to send him some money to come to the United States to defect. Well, they never sent him the money, and they defect. They they sent him back to Cuba. So I guess that wasn't too cool. But he defected a second time. No, no, it was it was a guy that you don't like, the little tiny guy. I can't think of the little tiny Cuban guy. I can't think of his name right now. But that's who it was. But he defected twice. The first time, uh, it wasn't so cool. But the second time, he did defect successfully. Um. Teofilo Stevenson. Did you ever meet him? Yes. Nice man. I went, to, I went to Cuba in around, let me think, it was in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with NBC, and we were going, to, and we had permission from the government to go down there and to try to do a piece about. Uh, the Cuban sports revolution. And I went to their, uh, to the boxer camp and met Stevenson there and was, uh, kind of surprised because I never thought of, uh, boxing as a team sport before. <laughs> and, um, Stevenson was right in there with everyone else uh, going through their numbers. Um, but he was an outstanding uh, heavyweight uh, as an amateur. I saw Spoon. I, when I made it to Cuba, he had passed, but I had watched a whole lot of specials on him because there was always a speculation of he and Muhammad Ali possibly fighting. But he, um, after he retired, he drank a lot and he ate a lot and he ballooned himself up to 300 pounds and he, he died prematurely. But he was... He was he was Cuba's flag bearer. They gave him a big mansion up on the hill, uh, akin to Fidel Castro. Well, I was in the mansion. I went to visit him. It was one of those mansions left behind when uh, many Cubans fled uh, to America and I guess other places mm-hmm. uh, south of our borders. Um, and hung out with him for a little bit, but I don't remember much of what 
he said or I said. Um, um, Quiet, soft-spoken guy, though, wasn't a loud mouth. And, and I mean, you know, and, and you know, I, I remember what he said that that one thing. And you got to give him a little props for this one because he said that you know all the money in the world wouldn't get him to turn professional and and, and turn his back on the people of Cuba. That's what he felt. So if he felt well, that he was a committed communist and he was in the a, a, sort of a congressman, I guess, and he he was. Uh, he he had that that a uh, home homeland feeling that you just described. Larry Merchant on Sports Byline. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851 Attention homeowners Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer They specialize in buying any home no matter how ugly the situation Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever They buy the ugliest houses with instant closings, instant cash and huge savings Plus there are no realtor fees, no listing fees and no repair costs Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now 800-426-2301 800-426-2301 That's 800-426-2301. Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week. I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? 
It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now. And tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. From the Ed Sullivan Theater on Broadway, The Ed Sullivan Show. Ed Sullivan ran on CBS television from 1948 to 1971. Some of the most memorable moments of the 1950s and 60s, especially, were on The Ed Sullivan Show Saturday, uh, Sunday nights, I kid you not. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing, MMA. On the line from the City of Angels, of course, is a retired HBO godfather, Mr. Hall of Fame himself, Mr. Larry Merchant. And Larry, I'm looking at the calendar of September 12th is getting real close here. Is Canelo Alvarez going to fight? Probably not, huh? Uh, well, I'm the last guy who will know about it. <laughs> so, I have no clue. You know, um, well, they're I, can saying they can't... I can understand both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, management says we had this pandemic. We can't possibly pay you the $35 million a fight that we put in a contract. And he says, well, there's nothing about a pandemic in the contract. you got to pay me $35 million. Uh, you would hope that uh, cooler heads would prevail and they'd find a way to settle it. Um, it was supposed to be Callum Smith, the undefeated WBA super middleweight title holder. Of course, now there's two WBA. Hey, Godfather, didn't I just mention that David Morrell won the WBA super middleweight title, and yet promoter Eddie Hearn says he has WBA super middleweight champion Callum Smith? The WBA, when I named them the the world of bunko and anarchy about 30 years ago, I was spot on. Uh, yes, you were. Look, um, all, all of these. Uh, splintered bodies that uh, give championship belts. Um, they're just part of the the boxing echo economic system. A title is a way of marketing a fighter. The titles are relatively meaningless. Um, they are important to the fighters. But at the end of the day, it's the fight fans who decide whether someone is a champion and whether they want to follow him. Hmm, interesting. Larry Merchant's our guest, of course. We've got some fights coming up in the near future. In September, Danny Garcia is going to be challenging Earl Spence. And if if Danny Garcia like falls out at the last minute, I wish I could make the wait because I'm willing to take a chance against Earl Spence. Anybody gets thrown out of a car at 95 miles per hour and and I saw the I thought that he had neurological damage, especially to that right eye. Um, I said to myself, he's willing to take a chance again. So if Danny Garcia pulls out, Godfather, me or my producer, if we can make the weight, we'll we'll jump in. Uh, I'm sure that everybody is uh, holding their breath until that happens. <laughs> um, that is that is that is a lot of how can I put this? I don't know. I, you know, I've seen guys react to accidents, car accidents and things like that and in just a normal life and not be the same. 
So as far as athletics are concerned and being tossed out of a car at 95 miles per hour, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Oh, and, now, and who is this Who is this fighter that got tossed Earl out? Earl Spence. Earl Spence. Oh, you mean he was in a one-car accident and got thrown out of the car. Yeah, he, they he turned he the car over at 105 miles per hour or something like that, you know, just testing his gas pedal. Yeah, well... Um, We've seen a lot of athletes, and particularly boxers, um, who have nothing better to do than ride motorcycles and fast cars, and for some reason they need it. And we've lost some pretty good fighters um, who've had those one car, uh, one bike accident. Uh, James Schuler, two days after getting knocked out by Tommy Hearns, got killed in that in that motorcycle accident, the number one ranked middleweight before he fought Hearns. And of course, Diego Corrales out of Sacramento, California, the 130-pound uh, yeah, champion who lost to Floyd Mayweather and lost a couple of fights. But he, you know, you know, it's, it's funny is that bringing up Diego Corrales, Godfathers, I was talking with Gary Shaw, the promoter, a couple years ago, and he told me that he was under the impression that Diego committed suicide, that he got on that motorcycle with a few drinks intentionally and drove into that intersection intentionally to die. I mean, that was sort of weird. And he said that on the air. I didn't really know how to respond to that. And, you know, like 10 years later, I don't know how to respond to it. Uh, well, and I don't know how to respond to it. <laughs> um, but, you know, the high that the uh, boxing champion feels... Um, while he's champion and uh, and so on, uh, sometimes meets some lows, and um, whether it's drugs or fast vehicles, uh, they find a way to get out of the game and sometimes out of their life. Showtime coming back. Take you back on the, on the yeah. It looks like the 15th. The aforementioned David Benavidez, the unbeaten young man from Central California. The WBC super middleweight title holder. I'm going to take on Roman Angulo, but the bottom line is Beta Media has the aforementioned, I mentioned this earlier, the cocaine problems. Um, you know, I, I watched Hector Camacho from a, from an amateur, and you did too, winning New York Golden Gloves and becoming the champion, 130 pounds, 135. I'm mean, just roll through it. And all on, the, all on the back burner was his penchant for cocaine. In the end, Five or six years ago when he was shot to death in that car in Puerto Rico, there was cocaine on the dashboard. I, the lure of Colombian dust, I had really thought that it had went away. I'm, I'm a, I was an ex-cop, and people weren't snorting coke the way that they were, but certain people still are. But how can I put that? Benavides, he may be headed down the same road as Camacho, hopefully not. Anyway, what do you think of Benavides as a fighter, undefeated? I really don't know. Um... And I'm looking forward to finding out. I I didn't follow his career, mm -hmm. uh, and I'd like to to get a look at him. Okay. Um, Dillian White is a guy that failed, failed about 19 uh, steroid tests. He's going to take on Alexander Povetkin. That's going to go down the 22nd on um, the zone. So I guess. I, I guess steroids are legal now. Both these guys will be fighting with each other. But they're fighting for something called the WBC Interim Heavyweight Title. Now, the last I looked, Godfather, the world of bunco and chicanery, I'm talking about the WBC, 
Tyson Fury was her champion. Did I did, did he get did I miss something? Look, um, <laughs> this is business. Uh, um, Tyson Fury doesn't need that cockamamie title anymore, and for them, uh, it has some value. And some fighters will want to cash in on that value because the public isn't that informed today uh, to know that these are titles that are just uh, traded like uh, baseball cards. Good point. August 29th, ESPN, Jose Ramirez, the WBC and WBO champion, taking on Victor Postal. These guys are going at 140 pounds. That should be a pretty good fight. on. I ESPN. love Ramirez. Yeah, he, he can roll. He can rock. There's no doubt about it. Let's hope he can build a bigger name and make himself some money. Question, Godfather, before I let you go now. If you had a child right now and school started tomorrow, would Larry Merchant and Patricia Merchant be sending their kid to school? Well, it's it, it seems unlikely. I have two grandchildren. One is six, one is nine. Um, they're in a local school, um, and it would depend on the procedures and how safe it seemed and how much was done from home and how much was done in school and whether they had the proper... Um, distancing and masking and all that good stuff. Um, but the kids do need the, the socialization that, that goes along with school, the friendships they make, and so on. Um, so it's a hard call, but uh, I would uh, choose the safe side. Okay, August 29th, Godfather, I don't know why, but... Um... <laughs> I shouldn't say this. But Fox is going to come back with Arizandi Lara against a guy named Greg Vinetti for a WBA Super Welterweight title. I thought there was another WBA Super Welterweight champion. There probably is. And Alfred Angulo is on the card with Sabel Talix. Um, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. I mean, eh, an exhibition. Is boxing ever going to be able to get back without a live crowd? I've, I ask you this week in and week out because I'm asking if you change your perspective. Can boxing make, can we do big money fights without a crowd? You know, uh, it seems unlikely. But if the pandemic goes on long enough, um, the fighters will, just like ball players and football players and so on, that um, absence that doesn't make the heart thunder or the with the uh, the bank happier, and um, so they got to get to work. Okay, good point. Oh, that good good perspective now. So, what are you and the godmother, godmama going to do today? You guys got any plans? Um, well, we have another beautiful day down here in Santa Monica. Uh, Patricia is outside in the back um, with a friend, and. Um, we may have our grandkids come over and jump in the pool. Uh, it's their second home. And um, and like that, I've got work to do. I'm writing an article for Ring Magazine. On, that's right, uh, that's right. 
Well, the Godfather is the great grandfather. I wish you the best. Say hello to the Godmama. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pedro. The Great Larry Merchant, exclusively on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Woo, it's going to be good. Now that we're getting back on the road, the stops we make seem more special than before. Stop to see a friend. Stop at your favorite store. Stop at the places you missed most. And to keep you going between those stops, there's Shell. Stop in to fill up with our best fuel ever. Save with the Fuel Rewards Program. And to get snacks and essentials that can save you even more at the pump. That's just a few of the ways Shell helps you make the most of the stop you need to make. See full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> Needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask Home Advisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, Home Advisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app. Home Advisor. Tired of the same old hat? CoverageGear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to CoverageGear.com with the promo code RADIO and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number 2 from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or a number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. Check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code RADIO and get 20% off. That's promo code RADIO at CoverageGear.com. CoverageGear.com. We've got you covered. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. That's 800-807-1981. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. It has been said that I have two alternatives. Either go to jail or go to the Army. I'm only bold, cocky, 
before and after fight. Let me see you close your mouth and just keep it closed. Well, you know that's impossible. No, 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 keep it closed. You know that's impossible. I'm the greatest. And I'm knocking out all bones. And you can see tomorrow, I'll knock you out. Greg Adams and East Bay Soul bring us back from the break. Of course, East Bay Soul. Man, what can I say? They're in L.A. now, of course, but a Bay Area, their Bay Area roots. He's from Daly City, California. Greg, Greg Adams. Check him out. The found one of the co-founders of Tower of Power. East Bay Soul. They've got two albums out. Check them out at eastbaysoul.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Last night, as predicted, didn't I say yesterday this guy, Alexei Olenek, was going to be like a stand-up stiff, that he was going to fall real good and make Derek Lewis like a monster? Well, that's what happened last night. Derek Lewis, of course, last man to beat Francis Ngannou, who I think really is the monster of the USC heavyweight division. Anyway, Derek Lewis, the winner last night. TKO, round number two, 21 seconds in. Um, Olenek, a stand-up kickboxer, a stand-up stiff. Guy, I mean, perfect guy, perfect foil for Derek Lewis, no doubt about that. Now, I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to put <clears throat> put together Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou for a rematch. Now, for Mr. Lewis, I hope he makes a lot of money because Francis Ngannou has improved a lot since that last fight, and he's going to light you up like a White House Christmas tree. And the co-feature. The former world middleweight champion won a fight. I'm talking about Chris Weidman. Of course, he was a natural. I mean, he was a, a college uh, NCAA wrestling champion. I remember when he fought the Filipino wrecking machine, Mark Munoz, down there in Santa Clara, California. They had 35 members in the media and 34 picked Munoz. I picked Weidman. He had never been taken off his feet. You go with the undefeated guy sometimes until he loses. I mean, you got. I mean, he hasn't lost yet, and he had never been taken off his feet. So if the guy had never been taken off his feet, uh, what can I say? He's a and he's a, uh, a collegiate wrestling star. That tells me something. Anyway, Weidman was a winner last night over a guy named Omari. Uh, Akhmedov. It was unanimous, not across the board, three rounds. These guys fought at 185 pounds. Another 185-pound fight, Darren Stewart beat uh, Maki Pielo. That was a submission, a guillotine choke. <clears throat> got choked out three minutes and 41 seconds into the first round. That's got to be a weird way to go, you know. I choked out a bunch of people. I, I, I mean, not a bunch of people. As a cop, I probably choked out three or four guys. But I almost came close to checking out, choking out this real famed HBO boxing announcer one time when he attacked his wife in Las Vegas. I won't get into names, but believe me, it wasn't the guy we had on a few minutes ago. Okay? Anyway, the chokehold is just, you just know when you slap that baby on, no matter how big they are. I mean, I slapped it on some Samoan dudes out there in Hunter's Point that I knew I had no chance fighting when I was a cop. Just grab onto a man, let him roll, and grab that choke and let it go, okay? And guess what? After about eh, 25, 30 seconds, it was just way over. But, but the chokehold is, is a big thing in the world of mixed martial arts. It just scares the snot out of me because I never want to be choked to death in my life. Good Lord. Anyway, chicks were fighting last night, meaning females. Don't get upset there. The feminists, the feminazis going to get on me now for saying chicks. Uh, Yana Konakaya defeated Julia Stolenenko. That was a unanimous not across the board. These guys, were, these women were fighting at 135. Outside of that, Tim Means was a winner on the card. Kevin Holland was a winner on the card. Andrew Sanchez was a winner on the card. The card was like, ho-hum. I don't want to say B-rated, B-rated uh, MMA or anything like that because, you know, there's other... B-rated MMA organizations. The UFC really shouldn't be a B-rated organization. Not being seeing they they were sold for four point two billion dollars for four thousand two hundred million dollars like a year year and a half ago. Anyway, 
their inability to produce the big fights, and I'll say it again, their inability to produce the big fights and pimp these guys off and make them work. If you don't want to fight, we're going to strip you this and that. You know, Henry Cejudo gave up two titles, 125 pounds and 135 pounds. I mean, the guy's in the prime of his life. He's on the top of his game. He might be the best fighter pound for pound in the entire world of mixed martial arts, and he walks away from two UFC championships at the same time. What does that tell you? Amanda Nunes, she doesn't want to fight anymore. It looks like the, the you know, the woman that destroyed uh, Ronda Rousey and everybody along the way. I mean, when she took out Chris Cyborg Santos, I thought there should be an asterisk next to that. But the bottom line is because, you know, Cyborg had to had to leave Las Vegas six days before the fight or five days before the fight and travel to L.A. in a car. And she was losing weight at the same time. And remember, I used to tell you she comes down from 184 pounds. But, you know, Amanda Nunes cracked her, caught her right on the chin and knocked her out cold. So there wasn't no no debate about that. Who won that fight? She was like asleep. OK, so. Amanda doesn't want to fight. Conor McGregor is like going back and forth saying, you know, I want this, I want that. Do I get a percentage of this? Do I get a percentage of that? John Jones doesn't want to fight. You know, though, I can't blame him. Uh, you're going to get mad at me for saying this, some of you, but, you know, the hoes are upset. They, the hoes don't want to work for the pimp no more. They just don't. They want a different, they want a different organization. They want, listen, you can't even wear your own trunks in the UFC. You can't even wear your own. Back in the day, Brendan Schaub, who's a fantastic stand-up comedian, in fact, you can catch him on YouTube.com, uh, doing uh, boxing and MMA opinion. Uh, he's very opinionated on that, but he's also a stand-up comedian of note. But you know, he was getting like upwards of like eighty to a hundred thousand dollars for the train for the uh, for his trainers and himself to wear like Pedro's bail bonds or something like that on a sponsor. He wear a sponsor on his trunks, okay? Like Pedro's bail bonds. Well, I give him a hundred grand to you know to put Pedro's bail bonds on there. So he was getting that kind of money. So when the USC signed that deal with with uh, Reebok, they told him you were going to get eight thousand dollars. Wait, 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 wait. From a hundred to eight, from eighty to a hundred to eight, and I'm supposed to go along with this. Man, Brendan Schaub, he saw a different light. He got out. Well, God bless him, man. I mean, he's making his money at stand-up comedy. In fact, he toured through San Francisco about six or eight months ago. Played, I think about maybe a year ago, he played the punchline here in San Francisco, a couple of the other clubs. But bottom line is, Brendan sort of, he saw the light. He walked. <clears throat> I, I think that more guys have got to walk. I think that Dana White's got to be put on the spot. I mean, Dana just can't. You, you you have to commend Dana in some regards. I mean, he's not just a total piece of spit. When I say total piece of spit, I mean spit with an H. I mean, he's not a total piece of spit, okay? But he's he's relatively close. I mean, you know, paying these guys like eight or nine thousand dollars to go in there and you get destroyed and get knocked out and get a uh, get one hundred and eighty days suspensions after that. Imagine that. You fight for somebody, you get knocked out, and you make nine, ten grand, maybe fifteen grand, and after taxes, it's probably about six, okay, of your trainers and all that kind of good stuff. So you fight, you end up making six grand out of a out of a fifteen thousand dollar purse, and then you're knocked out brutally, and you can't fight for 180 days. What does that say about the UFC? And now Dana's not paying guys that he doesn't want to pay guys that show up. If get this, the COVID nineteen, if you show up and you make weight, <clears throat> and the other guy doesn't make weight. You don't get paid. Kind of crap is that? Holy cow. I mean, even the amateurs, when this guy showed up, when even in the amateurs, when guys showed up and they didn't make weights, they gave you the bout. They said the bout was yours. You know, I didn't take too many bouts like that. In fact, I, I remember a couple of times, take that several times, showing up at weigh-ins and having guys not be ready or not ready. That Bill Hernandez guy really, back to one guy that really ticked me off. We were supposed to fight at the, uh, 
at some big club here in San Francisco, me and Bill Hernandez from Sacramento, California. And I trained my butt off for him, got down to 137 pounds for him, and he didn't show up for the weigh-in. I'll, the Olympic Club, the racist Olympic Club. I'll never forget that, though. Bill Hernandez, if you're listening, I'm still gritting my teeth. Anyway, MMA looks like a loser for the rest of the year, of course, except for Miochik and Cormier, and I'm not getting too excited about that one. That's going to go down August 15th at the Apex Center. This is a little arena the UFC set up for themselves in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, of course, later on this year, it'll probably take place somewhere in Asia. Khabib taking on Justin Gates for the UFC 155-pound lightweight title, even though he gets into the cage or the octagon at 175 to 180 pounds. Now, hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide today is going to be focused on my buddy the greatest, Muhammad Ali. In fact, if you're looking at the Twitch TV broadcast right now, I'm holding up a picture of Muhammad Ali, yeah, and myself, it's autographed, and then on the back side of the picture is a picture of me and my prime, my retirement picture. So the bottom line is, if you're watching on Twitch TV and you shoot us a text at 415-275-1613, that's right, shoot us a text, 415-275-1613, and Scott Cuddy will personally mail you the photographs. That's what he's told me. So you are tuned to Ring Talk Live World. He's looking at me right now in, in amazement. What? I said that? Yeah, he did. But the bottom line is we will mail you the photographs, first-class mail, I kid you not. And one more time, there's my ugly mug on the front of it, the back of it. And the back, of course, is Muhammad Ali and myself in, where were we at? Going to Shanghai. No, from Guangzhou to Shanghai on a train. And that was in 1994, August of 1994, and he, and he signed it for me the next month, uh, Oct- uh, October of 1994. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing in May. So saying, I, I, I'm trying to keep things a little positive, have a little fun, um, you know, and, and just not dog anybody. I mean, there's a couple of people I could dog right now, and I don't want to get into a negative spin on this show. Not At least not today. I'm trying to stay positive. So we will go with the Muhammad Ali hour, an hour or two. But to tease for that, you got this. He would come to the gym, and if say he didn't get a ride to the gym, he didn't have no car, he would run. He would run across the causeway. Muhammad Ali, one of my great heroes, had a great line in the 70s when he was asked, how many sit-ups do you do? He said, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting. When I feel pain, that's when I start counting, because that's when it really counts. That's what makes you a champion. Jerry, I'm the greatest fighter that ever stepped foot in the ring. Money will be lost that night. This will be the biggest upset in the century of all boxing. I think you're a big bag of wind. Damnedest showman that ever lived, and you ain't kidding anybody. The odds are seven to one. It's very big odds for a heavyweight championship fight. It has to be Liston. Liston is a much bigger puncher. While these big mouth people talking about I talk too much, well, I want all of them to be there, and I'm going to shut up all of his mouth. And Cassius Clay has won after six rounds. And Cassius is not my name no more. You want to keep calling me a white man's name? I'm not white. Continues to scream at Terrell. He beat the hell out of those who didn't want to use his name. Mr. Muhammad Ali has just refused to be inducted into the United States Armed Forces. I'm just about broke. I'm not allowed to work here now in America. I'm going to fight not for me. But to uplift my little brothers who are sleeping in the concrete floors today in America. They want to be famous to have people. It's a wonderful world. I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. George can't hit what his eyes can't see. All of you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. All of you. I know you got him. I know you got him picked. 
but the man's in trouble. I'm going to show you how great I am. Bluffed him. I'd done everything. Beat him up basically for about five or six rounds. I thought it was easy. Then about the sixth round, he whispered in my ear after I'd hit him in the side, that all you got, George. When you were a kid, you always bet certain fellas, I'm going to be champion one day, and when I'm champion, I'm going to come back and show you I'm wrong. Another said, guys, I'm going to be a great doctor one day, and I'm going to be a dentist, I'm going to be a great scientist, I'm going to be a president of the country. And But very few people actually are able to make good of the boats and come home and say, I told you. Wow, Muhammad Ali telling it like it is, no doubt about that. You know, people people do knock you. In fact, people I, I've been knocked. People say to myself, yeah, you think you're too cocky to say. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in yourself, I mean, who the hell are you going to How can you believe in anybody else if you can't believe in yourself? And I believe, Ali believed in himself from the beginning, no doubt about that. You know, and he talked there about people on sidewalks, people living on some on concrete in the United States. Well, that was in the 1960s. Fast forward. 50 years, 60 years, there's more people laying on the streets of San Francisco and California as a whole than you can ever imagine. It just blows me away. And yeah, my guy Holmes is back. He's alive. He's a, a couple of blocks away from the studio. We try to feed him a few times a week. But the bottom line is there's a thousand homes out there. There's a thousand Joes out there. Okay? Or a million Joes out there if you really want to look at the big picture as far as California is concerned. Everywhere you go, there's somebody laying on the street here. We got to do something. Seriously, we really got to do something. The world is not this mean. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and... I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom. 
for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Are you serious? Where did he come from? Some boys from Oakland, California. Of course, I'm talking about the Tower of Power there as I choke coming back from the break, drinking some coffee. Way to do it there. Wait until the break ends to drink the coffee and then choke on it. Bottom line is Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. Looks like he, these guys in a battle of WBC is going to put together some type of purse bid for these guys to hook it up in a fight, uh, eventually to determine the WBC lightweight champion. Of course, Ryan Garcia, he, I think he's a rage right now, no doubt about that. A guy that fought him the last time out, of course, and got knocked out in one round, Francisco Fonseca, now 26-3 and with a couple of draws and 20 KOs, got a comeback win, a first-round comeback win in Nicaragua, in his native Nicaragua. Get this, over Eusebio Ozejo. Guess what Eusebio's record was coming in? 30 and 24 with three draws and eight knockouts. What do you think, what do you think Eusebio's record was going out? 30 and 25 with three draws and eight KOs. Good Lord. I mean, took out a body, got taken out by a body shot. I mean, you, give Fonseca all kinds of props, I guess, for showing up and fighting, but don't give him all kinds of props for knocking out a guy that was like, you know, 30 and 25 in the first round. Police. Anyway, Jamal James. They call him Shango, 27 and one's 12 KOs, not a big puncher, took a 12 round unanimous decision over Thomas Duolami, now 24, 25 and four with a draw and 16 wax to claim the WBA interim welterweight title. I thought Earl Spence was a champion. I don't know. It was Saturday night at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, California. Jones seemed to be in command all the way. Scores were 115, 113, 116, 112, 117, 111. So those were the fights on Fox. And of course, I talked about the Moretti with the Morell win a little bit earlier. Man, that kid, evidently he's the real deal. 47 and 5, I think, as an amateur. Now 3 0 as a pro. David Morell Jr., remember that name, 3 0, 2 KOs from Cuba. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide. Check it. 35, make that. 36-plus years now, you're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. This is hour number one on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, of course, and a thousand other Internet platforms. Check it out. Hour number two is upcoming after the news, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, etc., and we will feature a one-hour special. Basically, we're going to talk about Muhammad Ali in depth. So the greatest coming up. Hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, right after the news.
We're talking combat sports Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Join me for Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline. USA Radio News with John Hunt. President Donald Trump signed a number of executive orders yesterday, including $400 per week in additional unemployment benefits, eviction protections, and additional benefits for veterans. In his New Jersey news conference, he also spoke about the fact that Democrats continue to hide things in their bill that have nothing to do with COVID-19 relief, including an all-mail-in ballot system for the upcoming election. They even want to force states to implement the controversial practice known as ballot harvesting, very dangerous dangerous practice, meaning they would allow Democrat Party operatives to deposit thousands and thousands of completed ballots at the post office without any verification of who filled them out, including a verification of signatures on the ballot. So you're not even going to have a verified signature. Anybody, I could sign it, you could sign it, anybody in this room could sign it, and that's going to count as a vote. How can you do a thing like this? This is USA Radio News. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance. And MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by August 31st, and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch, like more than 400,000 people already have. And start saving. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Justin Wilson of Germantown, Maryland, caught a break earlier this year when a judge freed him from jail as a coronavirus precaution. But now Wilson is back in custody after stabbing a man to death during his release. This is the third such case just in the Washington, D.C. area this weekend. As on Friday, a man who was released on a rape charge killed his accuser. After an investigation, Wilson had initially been arrested back on July 28th on first-degree murder charges before the judge let him free. And now California is about to release 18,000 inmates from their sentences early due to COVID-19. President Donald Trump will join world leaders as the United States takes part in global aid efforts to help the survivors of a deadly blast that rocked the Lebanese capital on Tuesday. Trump will join a conference call led by France and the United Nations to rally aid and funds in the aftermath of the colossal explosion, which killed more than 150 people. Listen live anytime at usaradio.com. This is USA Radio News. Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here's some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, walk up and down twice a day for 5 to 10 minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. 
There are more helpful pet care tips at youmove.com, spelled Y-U-Move.com. Authorities recovered the bodies of seven Marines and a Navy sailor who were killed when a Marine landing craft sank in hundreds of feet of water off the Southern California coast. The remains were found after underwater salvage operations that followed the sinking on July 30th. They will be flown to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware to be prepared for burial by military affairs teams. The remains will then be released to their families in accordance with their wishes. Eight other people were rescued and one died at the scene. All of the Marines aboard were attached to the 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit at Camp Pendleton, north of San Diego. As they struggle to salvage some semblance of campus experiences this fall, U.S. colleges are requiring promises from students to help contain the coronavirus, including no keg parties, no long road trips, and no outside guests on campus. Administrators are warning the failure to wear masks, practice social distancing, and avoid mass gatherings will bring serious consequences, including expulsion from school. Critics are questioning whether it's realistic to demand that college students not act like typical college students, but the push is illustrating the high stakes for universities to plan to welcome some students back. Wide-scale COVID-19 testing, quarantines, and plexiglass barriers in classrooms won't work if too many students are misbehaving. Outbreaks involving fraternities have already been reported at some schools, including the universities of Southern California, Washington, and Mississippi. For USA Radio News... I'm John Hunt. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live World One. Your inside look into combat sports. Yeah. Brought to you by the WBO, the World Boxing Organization. How about that? And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. Let's get him. Let's get him hard. Pedro Fernandez. Better grab me quick before my knees give way. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the multi-billion dollar Sports Byline Studios on Fisherman's Wharf here in the city by the bay of San Francisco, California. Welcome. This is hour number two of the Sunday edition. My name is still Pedro Fernandez, of course, 35, make that 36 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Ring Talk is the longest running fight show in history, so if you are joining us for the very first time, let me welcome you to the family. If you've been here a while, you know what time it is. 
This hour, I'm going to focus on the greatest. That's right. Born cashless play back in 1942, Louisville, Kentucky. Talking about Muhammad Ali. Not only the Muhammad Ali, the boxer. Muhammad Ali, of course, the spokesperson. Muhammad Ali outside the ring, inside the ring. He probably had more influence outside the ring than he ever did inside the ring on some of the things he did, of course. And maybe we need uh, an athlete, an athletic leader like that right now in the United States. Somebody to step out. Maybe who, who could it be? Is there anybody that really is? Could mimic Ali or could step up and take the position, the positive that Ali had one time? You can give me a call on that if you have an opinion. 1-800-878-7529. Is there somebody out here that could, that could be an Ali in boxing? Is Tyson Fury an Ali in boxing? I mean, could he do something outside of boxing? Tyson Fury is feeding the homeless. Could he do some, something outside of boxing that would be mon- monumental? Of course, could he? Think about that. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. The Guilfrey No Commitment Text Line, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Welterweight Lucas Santa Maria, now 11-1-1, son, WBA number 13th ranked contender, uh, Michael Fox last night, 22-2, 5 KOs, a 10-round unanimous nod. That was at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. as well. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. This is a Sports Byline production. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800 Once again, that's 800-932-5517. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 
That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. I love iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Love it. Everywhere, man. (laughs) Seriously. Everywhere, man. 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. iHeartRadio. Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota. Create my own radio stations. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. You use so many big words. How was your trick a man? I'm not going to trick you. You know I'm not going to trick you, Mom. Wouldn't think of doing it. You're being extremely truculent. Whatever truculent means, if that's good, I'm there. You are not a stupid boy. Muhammad Ali and Howard Gosso will get to that in a bit. Bottom line is, let's talk some boxing history, of course. Uh, <laughs> August 7, 1942, Carlos Monzon, the murderer. Of course, the ex-world middleweight champion, the girl, the guy that pushed his girlfriend off that balcony uh, down there in Argentina. He ended up going to jail for it. But get this, the jail was having his own apartment, and he used to get to leave on the weekend. So he was on a weekend leave with another woman, and he turned over the car and got into a car accident. He was drunk. And he died. So when I say good riddance, Carlos Monzon, born on this day, take that back, uh, August 7th, 1942. August 7th, 1979, Salvador Sanchez. Remember him? Maybe one of the greatest Mexican fighters of all time. If not maybe the greatest uh, of all time. People say that maybe he was untested because he, I take that back, we never know because he died early. Of course, that car accident in 1982 or 83. Um, but his, <laughs> his father fought Felix Trinidad. I kid you not. And got, no, no, no. His father fought Salvador Sanchez. I'm talking about Felix Trinidad's father fought Salvador Sanchez. That was in Houston, Texas. That was on August 7, 1979. And Salvador Sanchez stopped him in five rounds. So Trinidad Sr., um, not quite the fighter as his son was. Bottom line is uh, Salvador Sanchez's star was still rising at that point in time. August 7, 1982, Dwight Muhammad Kali, formerly uh, Dwight Braxton. Of course, he changed his name when he converted to Islam from Philadelphia, stopped Former world champion Matthew Saad Muhammad, born Matthew Franklin before he made the conversion. Matthew Franklin was one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. The fact that he went to war in the manner in which he did. I mean, he went to war, put his face out there, and just took incredible amounts of punishment. He used to, I used to, like, people watching the broadcast, they see me on the split screen here. Of course, we've got Ali and Frazier in their second battle going on the TV. And the split screen has me shaking my head because that was just... That was, oh, God, that was rough. Watching Matthew Sod take that punishment from a few guys, it was pretty crazy. Anyway, Matthew Sod stopped by six in six rounds to retain the WBC light heavyweight crown. Eventually, he would lose that. Uh, he would move up to cruiserweight. Dwight Quality would, and of course, lose to Evander Holyfield. 8-7-97, Roy Jones took care of Martel Griffin. Of course, Martel Griffin was a guy that had a DQ in over, uh, over Roy Jones. That was in Ledger, Connecticut. Jones suffered his first loss. To him on a foul six months earlier, I believe. In Atlantic City, on the 9th of 1980, Alexis Arguello stops Bose Edwards. Both guys I know. I know Alexis well. Bose I knew okay. Bose was a good guy. Bose was a class guy. And Bose, I think that I did the sparring with Bazooka Lamone before you beat him for the WBC Super Featherweight title. So I think you owe me some money. Yes, you can put the check in the mail. Anyway, <clears throat> Alexis Arguello stops Bose Edwards on, his, uh, on the 9th of uh, August 1980, 
in eight rounds with a display of body and head punches. Man, he was, like, amazing. He was 130 pounds, an explosive thin man. The explosive thin man was at his peak at 130 pounds, I think, without a doubt. And August 9th, uh, 1943, <clears throat> future world heavyweight champion Ken Norton, who my historian, or his story, talking about Bill O'Neill, Grandmaster Bill O'Neill, thinks was a paper champion. I guess he was because he never won the title in the ring, although you see him celebrated with the other champions like Ali and, and Foreman and Frazier. He's in that picture, you know, the greatest of the greats and that kind of good stuff. And, of course, he did give Ali hell three times. And, of course, the first fight he beat Ali broke his jaw, and Ali supposedly either went Ali either went ten rounds or one round with a broken jaw, whoever you want to believe. Anyway, ten rounds or one round. But then Ali won the second fight. In the third fight, of course, it was very controversial in Yankee Stadium, a 15-round decision. <clears throat> and the reason why I bring this up is that I think it was about 2000, 2001, a bunch of us were in Sacramento, California for a presentation. I was the master of ceremonies. Muhammad Ali was there. Larry Holmes was there. Ken Norton was there. And George Foreman was there. The only one who wasn't there was Joe Frazier. And why wasn't Joe there? Because Joe, Joe was a troublemaker. Joe would just start, Joe would, he would, Joe would have a few drinks and start trouble, man. And Joe was a different dude on booze. I ain't lying. I mean, he just was a totally, totally different dude. I mean, when he was like, golly gee whiz and, and everything was fine, that's when he wasn't drunk. You put a couple of drinks in Joe Frazier, man, and he became one of the meanest, Sonny, Sonny listened to, I was told, but I saw Joe. I mean, I saw Joe get me, and I saw drunk, Joe drunk in the, the dress room at the uh, the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, Vaughn Bean was challenging Evander Holyfield that night for the World Heavyweight Championship. He was working the corner of Vaughn Bean. I walked into the dress room. I smelled all this booze. I said to myself, man, this smells like some, some cheap bar in San Bruno, like some cheap tavern in San Bruno. No, 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 guess what? They were drunk. Both Butch Lewis, late Butch Lewis, and Joe Frazier were like drunk as a skunk. And of course, Von B went out there and fought Evander Holyfield. And throughout the fight, uh, Joe Frazier yelling stuff like honky at the referee. You know, you don't do that. You just don't, you don't do that. And you're, you're the former heavyweight champion of the world. And why am I on an anti-Joe Frazier rant right now? I don't know. Anyway, it just got, in, got into my mind. But I'll never forget when we were in, we were in, uh, Canastota, New York, and he was charging people for autographs. He was. He's the only heavyweight champion in the world I've ever seen. I see. I, I saw Joe DiMaggio charge for autographs one time, but I never saw any heavyweight champion. I never saw a boxer charge for an autograph. I never saw it in my life. And he was charged for autographs. And guess what? The line wasn't that long. It wasn't very long at all. I mean, I think he was charging 10 bucks or something like that. But the bottom line is, you know... Larry says I'm hard on the guy. The Godfather Larry Merchant says I'm hard on Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier came from a humble, a humble beginning, and 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 you know I, I credit him. I credit him for for what he did. I mean, as a boxer, he beat Muhammad Ali the first time. And although I thought the decision was quite controversial, and had Ali not played around, it wouldn't have been controversial. But he played around, and of course, he getting knocked down in the fifteenth round. But people say to me, "Yeah, he got knocked. Ali got knocked down in that fifteenth round." But it wasn't the fifteenth round. Joe Frazier did the, the punishment, man. It was like in the 12th round. I mean, Ali was like, a, he admitted he, he was on Queer Street. No doubt about that. And he was just out of his mind. Anyway, August 9th, 1943, Ken Norton. Ken Norton and I are sitting in a, uh, in a, uh, oh, I'll go back to the Ali story. Ali Norton, myself, Foreman, and, uh, anyway, we're all up in, we're all in Sacramento, California. And Norton is still making cracks about Ali, you know, making, 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 making filthy faces at him and this and that. Make, you know, like tough guy, uh, uh, growling at Ali and this and that. And it's making me a little bit uncomfortable, you know, because Ken's not the, 
He's not the most eloquent guy in the world. He could be a bit rude or crude, okay? And he was starting to get crude, and I was afraid this was going to get out of hand, you know? And I've got to emcee this event. All i got to do is get these guys for it. i got to get these guys out there on stage. I'll do the presentation. They'll all say a couple of words, and we're done, and we all get paid, okay? So he's kneeling Ali. We're on these stairs about to go on to sta- I'll go onto the stage in Sacramento, California. And he's kneeling Ali, giving him a bad time, back and forth, this and that. And Ali looks over at him, and he says, Champ, remember that third fight? I think you may have got the best of it. And Ken Norton, being the pass hole that he is, and you can take the pee off of that one, okay? But the bottom line is, George, uh, Ken Norton started crying. It, it, it was it, it was uncontrollable tears, and I'm not talking about <laughs> sobbing. Just just tears coming out of his eyes because he couldn't believe it that Muhammad Ali had finally sort of vindicated him to an extent. I mean, that was his vindication. That really made, that really, without a doubt, made that made Ken Norton's day. Kenny, I got to give you some props. You showed a little bit of class after that. Of course, Kenny and I were in. We were supposed to do a new a new, uh, new Year's Eve gig. I guess about. 1998, somewhere in 1999 in, a, in uh, Miami, Florida for some Cuban promoter down there along with Harold Smith. And he showed up and he didn't get his money. He didn't get his money. So you know what happened? He left town. I got my money. I got my money in advance on that one. Sorry, man. I didn't trust the guy we were going in there. Anyway, but I got my money in advance. He didn't get his money in advance. He only got half of it. He wasn't getting arrested said, until after the event was over. He said, I'm out of here. Kenny was on the first plane back to wherever he was from. I think it was California, I believe. You are tuned to Ring Talk. Live worldwide. Check it. 35. Make that 36 plus years. Now you're inside looking to the world of boxing, MMA. The Muhammad Ali special continues after the break. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant 
instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-426-2301. 800-426-2301. That's 800 426-2301. Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now. And tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The Dramatics. Man, my boys. Of course, Detroit, Michigan. That's what they call home. Didn't sign with Motown, one of the non-Motown acts. Of course, Ron Banks, lead singer for a long time, the founder of The Dramatics. He passed away about eight or ten years ago. He was such a good, fun guy to be around. And, of course, L.J. Reynolds, last time I saw him in Oakland, California, a few years ago, he didn't recognize me, so I felt a little hurt about that. But, you know, we spent some time together over the years, but people forget, man. You come in contact with thousands of people. I mean, every day of your life, you're in a different city meeting a different person. You can't remember that person you smoked a joint with like 15 years ago. Ah, just kidding. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Somebody asked me, when was the first international prize fight in history? Well, Bill O couldn't even come up with that one, but according to my stats, the first international world uh, title prize fight was Jack Stack of England beating challenger M. Petit of France in 29 minutes. That was in England. And get this, it took place July 29th, 1751. So boxing's been around a long time, no doubt about that. Now, back in the day, there was a form, uh, there was a tag team on TV. They were the greatest tag team of all time. And I'm not talking about wrestling. I'm talking about Muhammad Ali and Howard Cosell. Here it goes, month at 4800 San Jacinto in Houston, Texas. This man refused to take a step. For the past year, he's been virtually incarcerated in this country. He's undergone all of this for the obvious reason that he didn't have the courage to fight such as Joe Fraser, Jerry Quarry, and Jimmy you, Ellis. I mean, why would you say that? I didn't have the courage to fight uh, Joe Frazier and, and Jimmy Ellis and Jerry Quarry. I mean, why would you say that? I mean, you know I've never showed no fear of nobody. And why would you, uh, as many times as you have came to my fights, knowing you had money bet on other people, I beat them. <laughs> I mean, why would you, seriously, I mean, why would you sit here on television and, and talk about uh, me being a Fred or Jerry Carter or Joe Frazier. I mean, that's wrong. I mean, we just don't get along no kind of way. And you've been spreading that kind of gospel at every college campus yeah, every in this college country. I go to, 
Every college that I go to, everybody asks me about Howard Cosell. Why is it that you and Howard Cosell can't get along? And my answer is we just don't get along. I mean, you just talk a lot of stuff that don't make sense. I mean, why would you open up the show and uh, uh, you told me you would ask me a few nice questions. Why would you open up the show talking about I'm afraid of Joe Frazier and Jerry Quarry? You really believe that they have a chance against me? Well, I think you come to all of my fights. You follow me all over the world: Germany, London, Canada, and why? And 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 you, I see you at ringside talking about these homemade champions. Then, do you really believe they could beat me? I'll answer that question in a moment. I first want to document your record. You were troubled by a less than mediocre southpaw named Mildenberger in Germany. You showed me nothing against Chavallo, relying upon the fact that he gave you water on the knees with low blow up on. You've never seen me hurt a beat. What you mean? I didn't show you nothing. (laughs) That's 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 the kind of appreciation I get from you, from you coming all over the world. The the company wouldn't pay your way to these countries for nothing. If I wasn't fighting so regularly, you wouldn't have gotten to see the world. And now you're going to down me because I'm not fighting and talk about uh, I've got trouble with these boys. I beat those boys easy. Now, wait a minute. This marvelous wristwatch. What were you frightened of? I wasn't going to hit you. Why did you move? I mean, why would you jump over here? Uh, Because I want the people to see the wristwatch that you bought in Frankfurt, West Germany. Yeah. Only because, only because... I found the person who'd sell it to you more cheaply than anybody else in the whole country. Well, for once you... But, well, after all, I mean, what's you getting me a deal on a watch? If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have got to see Germany. <laughs> all right. My record is clear. I, I will shuffle again. Don't you worry. You get your homemade champions ready and line them all up. I'll be watching the television with you at ringside, popping off about how hard he hits and this and that. You let Ellis and Quarry fight it out and then let Joe Frazier meet the one or whoever the uh, homemade champion is, uh, I may say the Mickey Mouse title, uh, I have a belt at home, says world heavyweight champion. And for a man to be the champion, he's going to have to take my belt. And the day that he meet me, and if he beat me, I'm going to hand him my belt. And I want you to be the announcer that night because I want to see you quiet. I want to quiet <laughs> you at once and for all. Ah, you son of a gun, you've had enough fun with me. You know that the one guy who has persistently maintained that there is one heavyweight champion in this world is Howard Cosell. And I have said repeatedly that you could beat all of these guys. But you make a lot of cracks. I mean, you just said I had a lot of trouble with these boys. You're talking about me getting out of boxing in time to duck Frazier and this and that. And I don't know what you're going to do. You don't look as broke as you're supposed to be. No, what you mean, broke? Oh. Everybody says you're broke. You got no money. You gave it all to uh, Elijah Muhammad. No, how could I give it to Elijah Muhammad? I mean, the government, the American government, took 90% of, of all of my money before I got it. You know that Lobo Sponsoring Group had that deal called the Joe Lewis Tax Law. The fact of the matter is the thing you've missed most over the past year were the steady vocal sparring sessions that we enjoyed on Wide World of Sports. Well, we had a lot of fun, but uh, let's let the other boys have a chance and build some more contenders. After beating Zoe Foley, you know, no one was left for me to fight. So I think even if I was still fighting, it would have been good for me to step aside for two years and let them fight it out to see who deserves the honor to fight me. It's been fun. We've missed it. Well, things make it better soon. One more shuffle. Well, if I do the shuffle, you might have to scuffle. <laughs> We've done that, too. Good luck to you. Thank you. Things will get better soon. Did you hear him? 
That's what Ali had to say. Things will get better soon. He was talking about his personal life. Of course, the Vietnam War going on as uh, we speak, 58,000 people would eventually die in the Vietnam War. But, you know, looking back at the Vietnam War, it's sort of dwarfed by this, by by the COVID virus having killed 160,000 people in like less than four or five months. So, man, 58,000 people in Vietnam, almost 200,000 people here as far as COVID is concerned. I hope you're practicing the safety that you need to practice um, you know, social distancing, wearing the mask, this kind of good stuff. I mean, how can it hurt? To, to you people out there who sent me the emails and this, and you sent me a bunch of emails saying that, you know, that I'm off my rocker, this and that, 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 that the virus isn't what it is and this and that. The virus is what it is. Over 10,000 people have died in California. Six people that I know have died. Six people that I personally know have died from COVID-19. And they weren't close, close friends, but they were friends and they were acquaintances. There are people that they can't call anymore. So this virus is for real. And whether you, you want to play, you want to play games with it and maybe pass it around to your kids, have your kids pass it around, go back and forth, get your mother catch it, your, your father catch it, these older people catch it, these people with, with immune deficiencies like, like diabetes and this, or maybe prior cancer patients and that. I mean, they're going to be toast. They catch this virus, they're going to be toast. So I'm asking you to please, 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 be as diligent as you can, no doubt about that. Back to boxing history, of course. Wow, let me, (laughs) I want to run this one. (laughs) Boxing first heavyweight title fight was with three-ounce gloves and three-minute fights, uh, three-minute rounds. That was fought between John L. Sullivan and Dominic McAfee. That was on uh, August 29th, 1885. Wow. And the first female boxing match ever, 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 ever. Took place in 1876. I mentioned this March 16th, of course. New York City, I believe, was the old garden. Nellie Garden, Nellie Saunders, and Rose Garland hooked it up in the first female fight boxing match ever in the city, in the state of New York. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing, MMA. Talking about some of the impressions that Muhammad Ali would leave on people, and I've tried to tell you in the past that, you know, he he touched people. I, I when we stopped that train in the middle of China. I mean, I'll, I'll bring you back. We're on our way from. From Guangzhou to Shanghai. And I think we're going home. <clears throat> second trip, 94. I went there three or four times. This was our second trip. Anyway, so he decides, he's, he's antsy. Let's stop the train. We've got our own train, our own train. I mean, like nobody else on the train. We've got our own train car, our own private car with a with an engine and a caboose. But the caboose turned out to be the bathroom, which was really a hole in the middle of the floor. That's a story for another day. But anyway, he said, let's stop the train. Let's, let's see something. Let's see some. We're in China. This is Ali. Let's see some. So we, we saw a couple of, um, of, um, uh, of a village. We saw some, you know, huts and that kind of stuff. So he said, stop, stop here. So I get the guy to stop. And that wasn't easy, getting the guy to stop the train. It basically had to threaten his life almost because, you know, he's on a program and he wasn't going against the program. Sort of like one of them horses that you rent and you take out there on the trail. The horse is not going off the trail no matter how much you crack the you know what I'm saying? Beat him up. He ain't going. Okay. And this guy didn't want to go, but eventually he did go. Anyway, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the big picture and the fact that, you know, Muhammad Ali has been gone now for what, four or five years, almost five years now. Um, never be, will be an athlete like him ever again. Never will be a personality like him again. And, and I say to myself, you know, why? Because he was one of a kind. That's why. I mean, the greatest, maybe not the greatest boxer of all time, maybe not the greatest fighter of all time, but one of the greatest human beings of all time. I mean, I told you about the, the fact that we were in, in, in Macau 
and, and we were at this orphanage with kids with one arm and one eye, and, and one kid didn't have an ear. And I mean, it was just a, it was the most the most horrific pictures of handicapped kids you could ever imagine in your life. And they weren't pictures. It was real life right in front of us. But that's where he wanted to go. We didn't want to go visit the governor. We were supposed to go visit the governor of Macau. And he said, screw the governor. He didn't say it like that. But, you know, the hell with the governor. Let's go to a hospital. Let's do something. So we went into this hospital. And I said the kids were like, you know, de as deformed as kids can get. Because in China, if you have a deformed kid, you don't, you don't take them in. You don't keep them. You put them out on the street. You just dump them. You just dump them. I, you, I'm seriously. You just discard him like he was a piece of he, – he or she like they were a piece of trash. So anyway, so we're at this orphanage. And, you know, we're all looking pretty, 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 pretty – I'm going to put this – Pretty happy because of the fact that you know we're going to bring some sunlight to these people's faces, and as well as at this con at this convent, they had a bunch of old men, like an old man convent too. So they had old men and they had kids, two different sections of this convent. And the Catholic Church was running it. Anyway, Ali says to me, "Give me your money." I said, "What? Give me your money." So I gave him my money, four hundred bucks. He ended up collecting about twelve hundred bucks total. That's what everybody had, as far as our little party was concerned. He gave the nun the twelve hundred bucks. What did she do with it? She put it in her pocket and she said, "This is enough money to feed the kids and the old men for a year. Twelve hundred dollars. We left them with enough food money for an entire year." Now, see, that's something you don't hear Joe Montana doing. Sorry, Joe, but there's only one Muhammad Ali. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, come to you live on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. We've concluded the first two Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier fights as far as the television portion of, the, of this broadcast is concerned. I'm doing the radio end of it. You can watch both at Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> Needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask HomeAdvisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, HomeAdvisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. Now that we're getting back on the road, the stops we make seem more special than before. Stop to see a friend. Stop at your favorite store. Stop at the places you missed most. And to keep you going between those stops, there's Shell. Stopping to fill up with our best fuel ever. Save with the Fuel Rewards Program. And to get snacks and essentials that can save you even more at the pump. That's just a few of the ways Shell helps you make the most of the stop you need to make. 
See full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Tired of the same old hat? CoverageGear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to CoverageGear.com with the promo code RADIO and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number 2 from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or a number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. Check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code RADIO and get 20% off. That's promo code RADIO at CoverageGear.com. CoverageGear.com. We've got you covered. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I guess about, what was it? This was uh, in about 2008. Sam and Dave, uh, take that back. Sam showed up at a, uh, a concert for Tower of Power and he sung that song, I kid you not. So he was like 80 years old, still rocking and rolling. Of course, we're celebrating the life of Muhammad Ali today. And the reason why I say that is that you got to bring something positive into it. A lot of negativity out there. People are fighting racial and racial. Uh, uh, tensions are at an incredible high here as far as my, my lifetime is concerned. I've never seen it this high in my entire life. I'm 62 years old. I've never seen racial tensions this high ever. I mean, I'm not talking about a civil war or anything like that, but it, it doesn't doesn't look like that people just, people. I mean, remember when Rodney King said, can't we just all get along? Well, unfortunately, I guess we just can't all get along. But this guy knows what he's talking about. Let's have some fun. Let's hear some Muhammad Ali. People are afraid of George Fulman. They talk about how hard he hits. The world has been deceived. You listen to me now. I've never told you wrong. The man don't hit hard. He knocked Joe Frazier down six times. He got up six times. Joe King Roman is Tokyo, Japan fight, the Puerto Rican champion, knocked him down three times, he jumped up three times. He knocked Ken Norton down four times, he jumped up four times. When have you ever saw the man say seven, eight, nine, ten, count his man out? When I hit Sonny Liston, the second fight, he stayed out for the count of ten. Zora Foley stayed out for the count of ten. Cleveland Williams stayed out for the count of ten. What few I have knocked out, stayed down. Sugar Ray Robinson knocked him out for the count of thirty. Joe Lewis, Marciana, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Archie Moore as a child, they knock him out cold. So this man has never knocked nobody out cold. He's a bully. He's slow. He has no skill, no footwork. He's awkward. And I had given him a name. I named Floyd Patterson the rabbit. I named Sonny Liston the bear. And he shall be known officially as the mummy. <laughs> the mummy. And why? Why the mummy? Because he fights. When he's fighting, if you ever watch him in the ring, he 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 drags like that after his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> and and how's a mummy gonna catch me? 
when you're fighting a mummy. You just keep a step ahead of the mummy. See? Yeah, just move on the mummy. No, mummy, I'm over here. No, mummy, I'm over here. Yeah, no, you're moving too fast. The mummy don't move that fast. You ever get frightened before a fight? You ever get nervous before a fight? I'm nervous, but not frightened. I'm, bit, I'm nervous uh, because I, I have a great insight on... I just don't see the audience. I, every camera... I see millions of people. Like the Fraser fight was watched by 1,000 million people, which is five times the population of everybody in the United States. Just a picture of arena with one million people. I imagine you couldn't see them all. And just think about 100 million and 1,000 million, and all those people and everything. That makes me nervous. Just the idea of me just being a humble fellow from Kentucky, got lucky in sports, and now here's the house. The fight was piped in a place like Thailand to the government house in Arabia, and the government officials took time off to watch the fight. And just for two men boxing, attracting so many people of all races and nationalities. In Hawaii, I understand, they, they stopped, closed all the factories, and the people, they set televisions on every street corner. People came out watching the fight on the streets, and every bar in America, every, every house, even traffic was still during that fight. In Madison Square Garden, 10,000 people couldn't get in, and just over one man, and just imagine all them people watching you. That makes me nervous until, until I get started. And then no nerves at all? No. My, my thinking is so superior, and my knowledge is so positive, and my logic is so wise, until it clashes with the mentality, which is down here, and I'm over there. So by me being so high, I can see more and see farther than you. And you're looking up at me and saying, Ali, don't do it. <laughs> Ali, please stop me, it hurts. And you're on a job making six to seven pounds a week, whoever this guy is. <laughs> never, never been out of the country, not known in his own neighborhood. Ali, don't do it. But I'm at such a high level until I don't think like you. I'm not like you. I'm not saying you, I mean, I'm a person. But you, but, you, but, but you know why they say that. I mean, it's for the because best possible reasons. They fear and they are wary. It looks, looks dangerous to them. That's but right. It's not really that dangerous to me. No problem. This will be the biggest upset since Sonny Lester. And I think it is befitting that I go out of boxing just like I came in, defeating a big, bad monster that nobody could destroy. A hard punch. I'm the underdog. If he hits me, I'm in trouble, like the Sonny Liston fight. But I came back, and I shook the world, and I got Liston. Now, it's 10 years since Sonny Liston. I'm meeting another big, bad, strong monster, knockout artist that beats everybody. Sonny Liston knocked out Patterson twice, and I was supposed to fall, but he didn't knock me out. Because he could hit hard, but he couldn't find them to hit. George Foreman knocked out Ken Norton, knocked out Joe Frazier. True, I didn't knock him out, but I'm so fast, I'm so hard hit, I'm so scientific. I'm a totally different man from Frazier Norton. Listen, David, when I meet this man, if you think the world was surprised when Nixon resigned, wait till I whip Foreman behind. <laughs> I'm telling you, David, I'm down to 215 pounds. Right now, I said it when 215, I'm fighting weight already. I usually train six weeks for fight. I've trained four months for fight. I'm chopping trees. I've done something special. I've wrestled with an alligator. <laughs> I've tussled I with a... I believe you totally. I, have, I believe you completely. I have tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. 
Now, you know I'm bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Porn. You got one minute? One minute. The goes like this. People say, what's going to happen? You meet Joe Frazier again. Here's how the fight's going to sound on the radio for those who can't afford to buy the expensive theater seats. And the fight goes like this. Ding, Ali comes out to meet Frazier, but Frazier starts to retreat. If Frazier goes back an inch farther, he'll wind up in a ringside seat. Ali swings with the left. Ali swings with the right. Look at the kid carry the fight. Frazier keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's a matter of time. There Ali lowers the boom. Now Ali lands to the right. What a beautiful swing. And the punch lifts Frazier clean out of the ring. <laughs> Frazier's still rising, but the referee wears a frown. For he can't start counting till Frazier comes down. <laughs> now Frazier disappears from view. The crowd is getting frantic. But our radar station stuff picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. <laughs> Who would have thought when they came to the fight that they would have witnessed the launching of a colored satellite? <laughs> I don't pay no attention to what they say about me. All I do is just do what I have to do and get paid and that's it. But I don't really pay no attention to the rules of boxing. I don't pay no attention. I defy all the rules. I defy, I've added pages to the book of boxing. I have this game as such a thing now until boxing promoters can no longer afford my shows. I have governments like Iran ready to put up 10 million for me to fight Joe Frazier. I have governments like Cairo, Egypt wanting to put up 6 million for people like Ron Lau. I have countries all like, uh, all back throughout Zaire talking to Mobuto. He wants him back again. They'll put up five more million for return with Fullman. When we talk about 10 million and 6 million and 4 million, this is unbelievable. And they don't expect to get the money back. They're promoting their countries and their ideals. So I've excelled so in this sport of boxing until Madison Square Garden is too small. Yankee Stadium is too small. The Houston Astrodome, the biggest promoters in the wealth is Americans and Englishmen you can get for promotions cannot just promote me no more. You understand? So I've not only added pages to boxing, but added new sections to the boxing book. Everybody stop talking now. Attention. I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. When I beat Sunday, listen, I told you today, I'm still the greatest of all time. Never again defeat me. Never again say that I'm going to be defeated. Never again make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old. Right. Then you might get me. But I didn't dance. I didn't dance for a reason. I wanted to make him lose all his power. I kept telling him he had no punch. He couldn't hit. He's swinging like a sissy. He's missing. Let me see your box. I hadn't started dancing yet. You can't say my legs are gone. You can't say I was tired because what happened? I didn't dance from the second round on. I stayed on the ropes. When I stay on the ropes, you think I'm doing bad. But I want all boxers to put this in the page of boxing. Staying on the ropes is a beautiful thing with a heavyweight when you make him shoot his best shots and you know he's not hitting you. I would have gave George Solomon two rounds of steady punching because after that he was mine. A billion people watched that fight. One billion people watched that. I kid you not. One And one billion people watched the third fight. I'm talking about the Ali Frazier fight, the thrill in Manila. The first fight 
Of course, March 8th, 1971, 300 million people watched that fight worldwide. 300 million people. You don't see those kind of audiences now. I mean, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather doesn't draw that kind of audience. No UFC star is going to draw that kind of audience. It was a special time, no doubt about it. And, you know, as I look at back at that picture and Ali talking about all that money, he didn't get a lot of that money. It was back in the days before the Muhammad Ali Protection, the Muhammad Ali Boxing Act, of course, which was enacted by Senator John McCain, which basically left the uh, Las Vegas uh, big-time casinos and promoters sort of out of the um, loop as far as any penalties were concerned in, in, the, in the world of promotional boxing. But the Muhammad Ali Boxing Act basically said that the promoter had to tell each fighter what he was making. Imagine if a promoter was telling Ali he was getting $15 million from this city and $15 million from this country and $15 million from that country. I mean, how much money Ali would have really made? Because Ali only made like $3.5 million for that second Joe Frazier fight. And I think he got $5 million for the, uh, for the fight in form, with Foreman there in, in Zaire, Africa. So $5 million bucks on a on a $1 billion event? Man, talk about I mean, I talk about the UFC guys getting pimped off, but think about that. doesn't sound right, does it? I mean, you, you you create a billion dollars and you get five million dollars out of that. A billion, five million doesn't work. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing, MMA. Ali's final record at the end of the day, of course, fifty six and five. Stopped once, October second, nineteen eighty. Of course, that was the fight that sent me back to my um, hotel room at the Aladdin Hotel in tears. I mean, I was just, I was just, I mean, I knew he was, I didn't think he was going to win. I wanted him to win, but, you know, he was fighting Larry Holmes, an undefeated Larry Holmes. I think Larry was like 27 0, 30 0, something like that. But he was young, he was hungry, and of course, and he had been Muhammad Ali's sparring partner for the Joe Frazier fight. In fact, he was, yeah, I gotta say, he was beating Ali up back in 1974. I mean, he was a guy that, that was an amateur up till 72, I believe, Larry Holmes, but in 74, and the Deer Lake training, Deer Lake, uh, Pennsylvania training camp that Ali was preparing for Foreman. I mean, Larry Holmes was putting a beating on him, and, and Larry said, told me he used to have to hold back punches because you know he wanted to be hurt, didn't want to hurt the guy that you, that's paying you. I mean, he's a star. He realized that. But fifty-six and five, thirty-seven KOs. The first fight against Tony Hunsaker. Pretty funny guy, Tony Hunsaker. He became a a fireman. Was a fireman or a buster? I think it was a fireman there in. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. He was a fun guy to be around. I had him on the show a couple of times. Him talking about Ali and how Ali treated him like gold after seeing him a few times after their fight. Of course, that was Muhammad Ali's pro debut. And of course, the end of Ali. The end came. Trevor Burbick, that was in mm, Nassau, the Bahamas. Sad day. I watched it on Channel 26 here in San Francisco. It was like the first pay-per-view channel ever. That was December 11th, 1981. Of course, that was just a couple of months after watching Leonard and Hearns on home pay-per-view. That was really the first big home pay-per-view uh, match where they were pushing. I know HBO had done it previously, I think, with the Ali Frazier fight, the third fight. But the bottom line is... Man, they uh, a deformant fight. But bottom line is Trevor Rurik was the end of Muhammad Ali, December 11th, 1981. It ended in the Bahamas. I think Ali won one round in that, and Burbick let him win that one round. I was of the opinion that Burbick respected him that night, overly respected him, and didn't try to take him out. That's just the way I felt. I wish, you know, I wish it didn't end that way. Of course, when you look at Ali and the fact that... You know, the boxing did the residual effects from professional boxing. Parkinson's aside, man, it, it destroyed him. I mean, whether he died or not, a happy man, I don't know. But he died a damaged man. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. These are the shy lights from Chicago. I never got to hang with these guys. You know, I got to hang with a lot of groups, but never got to hang with these guys. They were pretty cool. One month ago today, 
I was happy as a lark. But now I go for walks to the movies, maybe to the park. I have a seat on the same old bench to watch the children play. <laughs> you know, tomorrow is their future. But for me, just another day. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect, so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. He's young. He's handsome. They know it. He's a poet, a prophet, and many people believe he'll be the next heavyweight champion of the world. I saw Sonny Liston a few days ago, Cash. Ain't he ugly? <laughs> he... He's too ugly to be the world champ. The world champ should be pretty like me. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. How does that grab you? Well, I'll tell you right after I get violently ill. 
That was Jim Jacobs interviewing Muhammad Ali there, the former world handball champion, of course, the manager of Wilfred Benitez and Edwin Rosario, and the guy that put together all those fights for big fights, the films. Uh, down there, of course, now Jay Bright's running it, I believe, in Las Vegas. August the 11th, ESPN Plus got a fight between Joan O'Carroll and Maxie Hughes. That's a lightweight bout going down this Tuesday. Friday the 14th, Telemundo's back with Ricardo Espinosa versus Brandon Valdez. These guys are fighting at 122. The same date, the 14th, Friday night, the Zone's going with Felix Cash versus Jason Wellborn. The next day, Saturday, ESPN's going to go with Frampton Comes Alive. Carl Frampton, former champion at 122, taking on a guy named Varun Vardavan. Anyway, they're hooking it up at 130 pounds, which I think is way too big for Mr. Frampton. Also on the 15th, the best women's fighter pound for pound, and that ain't saying much. Cecilia Brack has taken on Jessica Maskell at 147 pounds. Also on the 15th, a kid that's disappointing because of his cocaine issues. If he can get straight in his life out, he might be a good fighter. Anyway, I'm talking about David Benavidez, undefeated out of Central California, defending the WBC super middleweight title against Romer Angulo. That's going to go down on Showtime on the 15th. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You know, there's a million things you can be doing right now. The fact you're listening to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Well, my name is Pedro Fernandez, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite, and, of course, all the podcasts are at anchor.com. The executive producer, the great Scott Cuddy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.